Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Montero, and today we are joined by Sam Bartlett from Curtis Bartlett Fitness in Galax, Virginia. Sam, how are we doing, man? Excellent, Austin. Thanks for having me on the show. You got it. I'm looking forward to our conversation here. Uh, what you've created down there in Virginia uh, sounds pretty awesome. It looks pretty awesome. I was on the Facebook page earlier today. So, so let's dive in. So CBF, Curtis Bartlett Fitness, what, uh, what is the ultimate mission here? What are you ultimately trying to build here with your business and the other and a nonprofit as well? Sure. Well, it may be helpful, Austin, for the audience yeah. to know that CBF was born out of a tragedy or out of pain. Sometimes right. you can find tremendous purpose in pain. Uh, Curtis Bartlett Fitness uh, is the legacy of Curtis Bartlett, who was a bodybuilder who was big into fitness. He was featured on bodybuilding.com, had over a quarter million followers on social media, and he was a veteran and a first responder, and his niche was police fitness. He believed that every first responder should be fit to serve, fit to protect, fit for life. He thought it was a tragedy that you had some first responders who, if a citizen needed help, maybe they were not in good enough shape to go help them. And so he spoke to the fitness community and had a large following who were non-first responders, but his passion was training first responders to be fit to serve, fit to protect, fit for life. So he gave his life in the line of duty on March 9th, 2017. Uh, Curtis was uh, our son, and uh, his fa- his siblings and I, uh, we decided to start a nonprofit in his honor to help promote his legacy uh, on a lifestyle of fitness and well-being. So that's kind of our history. Yeah. yeah. Now yeah. we've grown to a facility that's over 24,000 square feet. We have over 1,000 members. And we serve 250 veterans and first responders who work out free of charge here at CBF. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, yeah, a great story and uh, yeah, a great memory, obviously, for your son. So yeah, I appreciate you, Sam, sharing that. And uh, I think what better way to help impact lives than through like fitness and health and like, making people better. I think it's a, a great thing. So yeah, thank you for that. Appreciate you sharing that. And you know, Curtis uh, used to say that we're all yeah. full of untapped potential. For sure. And his motto was to live inspired. And so there's actually over 50,000 people around the country that are wearing bracelets that say live inspired. Wow. We're touched by Curtis's story. So you're right. Fitness has the ability to change lives and to help us to have more energy to reach our God-given potential. So it's it's a great uh, business that we're in, Austin. And thank you for all you're doing. I agree. Yeah, I do think we are we are made for much more than uh, most of us uh, are, are doing right now. So yeah, live inspired. Great message, and um, I saw that in all your texts too. So I, I know you live that way too, Sam. So that's that's a a great message, obviously, to do. So to dive into uh, CBF here, the brick and mortar side of it. Now uh, I know we started kind of smaller with this niche of police fitness, and now we've grown to this really big twenty four thousand square foot facility. Uh, talk us through that experience of going from uh, that niche police fitness, first responder fitness, to where you are right now. Okay, so we're in a community. Uh, Galax is about 6,000 people, but we're in a surrounding area of maybe 50,000 people. If you take our 
counties around us. Yeah. And there was really not a large, significant uh, presence of a fitness facility. The largest one historically was called the Wellness Center and been in operation about 50 years. Wow. And it was ran by our regional hospital. Okay. And so they had some extra space. They let us use it for police fitness, just working out with uh, veterans and first responders. Sure. And they saw how successful and passionate we were about fitness that they said, why don't you just take over the wellness center? We want to get out of that business. Right. right. We took over what used to be the wellness facility and grew it from at the time, maybe 50 people to now over a thousand in the last uh, two or three years. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, uh, yeah, like the business of fitness, right? Like you kind of just alluded to there, Sam. So grew this thing, took it over, had 50 people. Uh, over well over a thousand now. Um, so let's first before we go into the marketing side of things and how you've attracted new customers. What is the model? Uh, obviously, you know, we know the police, fitness, first responders. What is the other side of the model of CBF there uh, with what you're, what you're doing in the bigger facility? Well, we of course reach out to all age groups, yep. and our vision is to transform the community through purpose-driven fitness. So that's our vision. Nice. And our mission is to create a fitness community that honors and serves veterans and first responders. Yep. And so, you know, we basically want to be a kind of a turnkey, complete organization that can help someone become a better version of themselves. And so sure. Sure. part of what we're doing with this 24,000 square feet, Austin, is leasing 9,000 square feet to physical therapy, cardiac right. rehab, and to right. orthopedics. Because we like to see ourselves not just as a typical gym where you're going to come in and throw some weights around, but that we are a healthcare center that is helping you to become healthier so that you can fulfill your purpose. So our motto, again, is purpose-driven fitness. Actually got my own podcast starting uh, in a couple of months called Purpose Driven Fitness. And, And so what we try to say to people, Austin, is find your why, you know, uh, and that, that's going to be your motivation when it comes to showing up regularly and becoming the best version of yourself and staying in shape is to understand your purpose. Sure, sure. I agree totally. And uh, having a why is so important, obviously. And uh, yeah, I love the, I love the, uh, the mantra of that purpose-driven fitness. Um, yeah, I think it puts a lot more intention behind it than just going and throwing some weight around and, and then going home or walking on a treadmill and going home. Yeah. And uh I think that's uh, the awareness of that is everything, Sam, for sure. Now, is there a, you mentioned you have, you're starting with youth athletes all the way through uh, seniors. So this may be a silly question, but is there an ideal, ideal client that you're appealing to or is it an all-inclusive type of uh, membership? Well, you know, I know there's a lot of boutique gyms out there yeah. and they're having right. tremendous success and, and yeah. listening to some of your other podcasts. I know that some of the gyms just focus on, small group training and so on and so forth. Uh, You know, our average age is 39. Uh, We're 60% men and 40% women. Uh, You know, we want to grow. You know, it's basically Galax is becoming more of a retirement community. Ah, So we feel like we need to reach out more to our seniors going forward. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. we certainly want to increase the number of female participants in our gym. But, you know, I don't know that we've got that ideal, uh, you know, candidate out there. We sure, are sure. looking to 
reach out to folks in the community because we are such a large facility we do have something for everyone we've got personal trainers that can work with our high school athletes and we do uh we have uh senior cardiac rehab programs for folks who've had a heart uh, event in their life and have now been released from the hospital to community-based fitness and so that's part of our partnership with cardiac rehab so we do have them from high school students to seniors yeah. And uh, because we, we have classes, we have Zumba, we yeah, have sure. uh, CrossFit type classes, boot camp classes. And yeah. so, you know, uh, we do have a little bit for everybody. Okay. And okay. Uh, I would say that that's our mission is to be right. able to, uh, you know, reach out to anyone in the community. Yeah. We don't do obstacle course training, for example. We've got another right. gym in the community that does a great job at that. So if yeah. you're training for a Spartan race, we'd probably send you to one of our yeah. uh, colleagues and yeah. their gyms who do an amazing job at that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Yeah. A few things there that came up for me. So like I asked, the, you know, I asked about the, the uh, avatar of the ideal client that you're appealing to. Obviously, obviously, so we can tailor that marketing plan and strategy towards that person, right? You mentioned the community is growing with seniors, looking to get some more women in there. So before I ask you about your marketing strategy, Sam, what does growth right now mean to you? Is it more members or is it growing the business in other, in other ways? I, I think for us, it's getting smarter in exactly. understanding our demographics right, right. and designing more customized programs sure, that sure. are meeting legitimate needs. Okay. Uh, for example, we're in rural America, and I don't yeah. know how much you're familiar with the fact that rural America typically is more unhealthy yeah. than suburban or urban. The average right. life expectancy in Galax is well below the state and national wow. average. So okay. that gives us purpose. That gives sure. us meaning. We're out to change that culture. Sure. And yeah. so, for example, this next year, just like we have a cardiac rehab program, we are launching a program that will uh, attack obesity head on and okay. offer classes and training uh, okay. and, and a program to help folks specifically with obesity. Uh, awesome. So we've been very successful with our cardiac rehab. And this right. is an example of, you know, knowing the demographics of our area and what we could do to, to do a better job of transforming our mm -hmm. community, right? So that's our vision sure, is sure. transforming our community and as well as we're doing, we realize there's still a lot of gaps and there's a lot of room for improvement. Sure, sure. No, always, I, I love that uh, transforming the community mindset and approach. And yeah, obesity is a massive problem, obviously, in this country. I, I think for me, it's near the top, if not one of the top things. So if we can help solve that, uh, programs for that are awesome. Um, so yeah, to, like you said, there, to grow with different programs, to you know, kind of target uh, what we have going on there in the Galax area, what is the marketing plan like to get these people in the door or what has it been like to grow from 50 now to what 1200 plus people, Sam, in the past sure. couple of years? So uh, I actually jotted down a couple of things that might be helpful to, to our sure. audience, yeah, for to sure, our sure. Uh, gym owners. But so number one is just our passion, right? So being right. in a small area, a small community, people know that all of us at CBF, we eat, drink and sleep fitness, right? So right. I'm 63 and I'm entering into my second bodybuilding competition. Nice. I got first place last time. 
my son who helps me in the business. Uh, he was an award-winning bodybuilder, wow. uh, uh, Curtis's brother. And so yeah. the first thing that really helps sell our gym is the fact yeah. that we're all so passionate right. about fitness. Right. Secondly is results. We yeah. do use social media to post videos. If you've been to our Facebook page, and I encourage your audience to go to Curtis Bartlett Fitness on yeah. Facebook. Yeah. Almost every week we showcase somebody who's had amazing results by being a part of the CBF family. Right, right. And uh, so they share that with their friends. It gets posted. A lot of times it gets thousands of views. And now all of a sudden people come in and say, I saw that video. I want yeah. you all to help me. Right. So right. Facebook and, and videos for us has been our primary form of marketing. Yeah. Sure. Now, sure. the other advantage of a small community, I can take out an ad in our local newspaper Right. And, you know, 80% of Galax is going to see it. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so we have used newspaper and radio advertising some, but yeah. certainly uh, our videos on social media. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that sells our facility is uh, our equipment. We have invested heavily in having really high-end equipment. And, yeah. and with COVID, uh, our cleaning protocols are second to none. And so people feel safe, secure. They feel like it's a quality facility, uh, private bathroom suites with showers and commodes and sinks instead of the locker room concept. And so when you walk into the facility, people are blown away thinking right. this is the type of facility that you would find in a metropolitan area. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, cleanliness of a gym, a big thing. You know, we used to have this thing in CrossFit back in the day where, you could judge it across the business by how clean the bathroom was. If it was a mess, you knew it was going to be bad. If it, they actually, you know, paid attention to detail and clean the bathroom, it was going to be good. And it's uh, simple, but it's pretty true. Now, Sam, you mentioned uh, newspaper ads. So you're obviously paying for those ads. Um, obviously, demographics are important. There's 80% of the town will read it, which is huge. So that's great, especially with that older uh, demographic of clientele. With the social media piece, has that been all organic or have you done any paid advertising that way as well it's been all organic okay uh, you know you know police fitness has over 50,000 followers oh, wow. okay. uh, on facebook and mm. our curtis bartlett fitness has grown to several thousand okay and uh, and i would also like to mention one other area of growth yeah. for us has been our corporate partnerships and so ah. i don't know why more gyms don't do this but you know there is incentives out there in most of your local businesses yeah so we offer a corporate rate and we go yeah. and speak at no charge to the corporation right. yeah. i happen yeah. to be a motivational speaker that's spoken to fortune 500 companies in my past and so i'm kind of high demand to go into these companies nice. and talk about yeah. the benefits of exercise sure. i do sure. all of that free of charge most yeah. people pay me to do that Right. But when I do that, I'm able to sign up sometimes 15, 20, 30 people from that awesome. corporation. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. they will pay half the membership. Right. Wow. Uh, oh, the company. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. For their employees. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that's another area of growth for us. Yeah. And, and that's really good too for obviously for marketing that affinity marketing, right? Those strategic local partnerships within our communities are massive. And uh, yeah, great way to do it. And I love that full approach, especially like 
how you're using social media. I think that's been so important, being educational and then showing like transformations or results of clients um, instead of making it about us, making it about them, obviously, which, which I think carries a lot of weight nowadays. Um, I have this idea of like, you got to out-educate and out-share pretty much the competition, right? That's so right. And, and, oh. and that's what we've done. I mean, yeah, we, exactly. you, know, you know, we will post a video and some of the other area facilities will post a video, video right. and, and the number of views and shares of our videos yeah. is skyrocketing compared to the others. And, yeah. Yeah. and uh, so once you get that momentum, you've got to keep it going. Yeah. We make yeah. it fun. And, and these are not yeah. professionally shot videos. This is, right. you know, this is your iPhone and yeah, that's the moment and uh, have some fun with it. That's it, have some fun with it, educate. Do you have somebody in charge of that, Sam? Do you do that? Do you have somebody else in charge? Of it? Is it a few people working together? Yeah, there, there's two of us that I'm one of them, but I've okay. got somebody else that is nice. taking on that role from me and doing yeah. a much better job. And so uh, between the two of us, we try to get uh, two or three uh, nice posts every week. That's perfect, yeah, I love it, I love it. I just think it's a massive platforms, biggest in the world, so we, we definitely have to use them to uh, again, educate, share a message, all that good stuff. So with the gym, uh, the, the main uh, revenue stream is the open gym model, right? Now, how are you able to ascend people to increase their average revenue per member? I know you guys have personal training programs and, and group classes as well. Just talk to us about that part of your business. Well, and, and I'd love to pick your brain sometime and uh, yeah. you may have some information even on this podcast, but you know, one of our uh, being in a rural area is how much do you yeah. charge right now? It's $42 a month to be a member. Okay. okay. Yeah. Is that too high? Is that not enough? You know, we used to charge 35. So we moved yeah. into the new facility. We bumped it up to 42 and right. then you've got your student rate. There's a senior rate, there's your corporate rate. And so, uh, finding that right price point, Sure, sure. You know, I think that's a, probably a, a struggle that all gym owners have. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've struggled with that. You know, what is a, what is a family rate? How many does that include? And so uh, right. one of the things we did at the new facility, which blew me away, is we began to rent lockers. And, yeah. and so I said to my son, who helps me in the business, right. I said, Caleb, nobody's going to be in Galax. They're not going to rent a locker. Right. I thought we would just have lockers that you could use free of charge. Sure, sure. But, you know, 80% of our lockers are now rented, right? right. Wow. Maybe $25 a month. Yeah. That's uh, up. Additional revenue uh, down yeah. to $10 a month if it's just a one-by-one one locker. Right. And so, right. you know, uh, it's not like we have run gyms all of our lives. So, yeah. you know, much like your audience, Austin, we are – flying by the seat of our pants and building the airplane as we're flying it. And we're learning a lot. So, uh, you know, we do charge a premium if you're a member and then want unlimited classes. Okay. Or you can have a class package where you're not a, you don't come and use the facility. Yeah. You just come to classes or you can go to a class for $8 a class, which may sound cheap to some of the metropolitan areas, but for around sure. here, that's, that's what we feel like the market can bear. Sure. Uh, we also have a nutrition center that we're opening this year as well nice, nice. Uh, with a smoothie bar and things of that sort. Yeah. Uh, I love the nutrition center. I, you know, the smoothie business is purely volume. So obviously thousand plus members, that's ideal. And yeah, with the pricing uh, and the PT and the group class, like, yeah, for sure. The market definitely matters, Sam. I agree. Like I'm an hour North in New York city. So it's a, uh, you know, 
affluent type area, if you will. So, you know, you can charge more here. You know, I've had friends training people in New York City charging 250 bucks for a personal training session, something like that's right. no big deal. You know, so the market definitely matters. But uh, yeah, the price is like a, the biggest profit lever we can pull for sure. The, the membership price, the PT price, all that sort of stuff. What would you say like percentage wise um, of your clients there take advantage of that service of personal training? Well, that's a growing part of our business. Okay. Now, okay. you know, one of the things that we do is, you know, being open staff, right? So I don't know how many of your audience members are 24 seven and maybe have a lot of hours unstaffed. Yeah. We're moving more towards that model with 24 seven, but right yeah. now we're open 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. and there we are staffed all those hours. Okay. Yep. Okay. So overhead and managing the front is a, a big expense for us. Sure. sure. Yeah. You know, one of the things that we do is we've got several excellent personal trainers. Right. And so we allow them to keep 100% of their training revenue okay. in exchange for them helping us to grow the business. Got it. And okay. so it's a little bit of a different model. Yeah. I, I know most people are going to be paying people to watch your front and serve customers as they come in. Yeah. And they're going to get a percentage of the training revenue. Right. Right. Uh, we allow our personal trainers uh, to make as much as they can make based on the popularity of their training and their rates. And, yeah. and we have various rates depending on the trainer. Right. And, uh, but uh, they are staying extremely busy. Uh, okay. and, and yet they're going to give a lot of time and energy to help us grow yeah. CBF without, yeah. uh, adding to my administrative overhead, if that makes sure. sense. Sure. I hear it. Yeah. Yeah. What are some ways, Sam, that they've been able to best help you grow, uh, grow CBF? What, uh, uh, they're doing like free assessments with clients when they come in or going out there in the community like you're doing? Great, great question. Yes. Yeah. So they are showing up at 5k events and uh -huh. having a booth. Nice. representing us okay. uh they are if i'm not able to go to a corporate client they'll go to a corporate client okay. representing cbf nice. uh, you know they are you know helping spread the word because as they bring in clients for personal training right they're now signing up these clients to also be members yeah and yep. so they are growing our membership uh okay. that way as well and they've added credibility the fact that gosh cbf yeah. has got all these wonderful trainers that are highly yeah. certified and qualified right. has helped build our brand as yeah. we seek to be more of a health center not just a gym sure I mean, yeah that makes total sense and uh yeah i think a good way to have a you know, a good partnership with our trainers and they can kind of grow their business within ours you know and then uh they can help members and grow cbf and uh yeah, it's always a hard thing, right? Like, uh, how do we how do we set up trainers? Do we have them as employees or 1099s or the training split? You've seen some gyms that pay their trainers nothing, so and the turnover is like this, right? So, like, yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of ways to do it. I think we just got to find what what works best for us and, and what market we're in, right? And it's, it could be different all over the country for sure. So, uh, yeah, Sam. So with that, we have we talked about you know how you get people in the door, your marketing strategy, what you offer there at CBF. Retention is a big part of this business, obviously. Uh, I think it, as we get further along down the road, that's probably the main focus, you know, as, as the business matures. Talk to us about your best practices for, you know, keeping members engaged, keeping them coming back month after month, year after year. 
What are, the, what are those practices like for you? So in addition to the help I get from my personal trainers, right. I do have some more minimum wage young people okay. who are excited about their job at CBF. Uh, they may be doing online classes for college. Yeah. Uh, but uh, sharp young people who are very energetic. So when, they're, when they are working the front desk, uh, we have them to reach out via uh, email, text messages to members that have become inactive. So okay. we use our box. It happens to be our gym software. Been yep. very happy with them. And uh, it's got a lot of cool functions that allow us to reach out and stay connected to members. And so, uh, you know, one of the things, for example, when we had our grand opening uh, February uh, here at CBF, we ended up inviting anyone in the community, even if you were a past member, if you weren't currently a member, we gave you one free month. And so, you know, we signed up a ton of people yeah. who uh, maybe had fallen off and we did not retain them. And then they right. came back and became part of the CBF yeah. family. Yeah. So uh, those are uh, probably the things that we're doing most effectively. Sure. Uh, yeah. There's always room for improvement there, I'm sure. Yeah. And that, uh, I think you talked about the communication members is huge. Using technology is our friend, you know, yeah. which I, I think at this point in time, Every gym business is also a technology company to some extent and a marketing company to another extent, also a coaching company. But um, yeah, communication is big. You mentioned that grand opening event, which uh, I always found people who come to our events, participate, if, uh, sometimes we do competitions, compete, they stay for years. Yes. Any, any other events that you do, uh, Sam, even tied with, with a nonprofit throughout the year that you see members coming to and the correlation with them staying longer as a member? Sure. So we we host every October a police fitness challenge. Nice. Cool. Which is uh, on a 120 acre farm. And it is like an obstacle race. Yeah, that's awesome. And and so there's events for law enforcement, but it's also open to the public. Yeah. And, you know, people get dirty, they get muddy. Uh, We have a concert. Uncle Cracker from Detroit came and brought a concert last year. That's pretty and, good. Uh, so having these kind of community events yeah. uh, certainly continues to expand our brand out in the community. Definitely. And Definitely. we can't put them on without our members volunteering yeah. to help us. Right. And so right. uh, we do call upon our members to help us because we remind them that we are a mission-minded fitness yeah. center, right? Sure, sure. But we want to yeah. create a community that honors and serves veterans and first responders. And so- right. Uh, community service uh, by CBF is certainly one of our strategies. Yeah, no, I, I think that's awesome. And uh, yeah, big score with Uncle Cracker. Obviously, that's pretty. That's pretty great. And uh, yeah, <laughs> like the, for our small town. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. We cannot get him in my town. That's pretty good. So you, you mentioned you just brought up there. Uh, and again, those events I think are awesome for our community, uh, for uh, the business, for the members, all that good stuff. You just brought up there again, like that mission-minded approach, Sam. I know you wanted to talk about kind of how other gyms may be able to uh, also go down the nonprofit route to find their mission and kind of help in areas they want to. Talk to us about um, your kind of thoughts and processes behind that. So uh, one of the hot topics in America right now is preventative health care. Yeah. Right? So in, in just common sense, you know, 
our model in America is not working, which is I'm going to not live a lifestyle of health and wellness. And hopefully they'll have a pill that when I get whatever disease I get, I can take yeah. that pill. And so there's a lot of podcasts, a lot of yeah. books, a lot of research, a lot of forms, a lot of focus in America right now right. on changing healthcare and the way we yeah. do business. Yeah. And a lot of that is towards preventative. Sure. And so there's a lot of money that's flowing to preventative healthcare. Yep. Now, often you can't access that money unless you're a nonprofit. Ah. And so why not as a for-profit gym yeah. establishing some kind of nonprofit division, uh, you know, uh, there's got to be the separation between the two, of course, yeah. with yeah. your own board of directors and so on and so forth. But, you know, using that nonprofit to access some of those foundations and grants right. uh, that can then be, you know, deployed to your for-profit gym to execute, yeah. uh, operated by the nonprofit. The right. money comes to the nonprofit. Right. The nonprofit does the reporting and the accountability, but, you know, works with your for-profit gym to uh, accomplish those missions. And an example would be cardiac rehab, like we're doing. Sure. A local foundation yeah. gave us the money to be able to offer three months of free membership, nice. plus a personal trainer three days yeah. a week for people who uh, have had a cardiac event right. Right. and need to have a community-based means of staying healthy yeah and I love it. so we were able to fulfill that mission we were able to track our results and it was phenomenal the impact that we had uh and so i think if uh if i was a just a purely for-profit gym owner i right. would look and maybe you don't have to start a nonprofit. by the way you right. just partner with an exit let the let the nonprofit in the community there we go. Apply for the grant, write the grant, and they will state in the grant, we're going to partner with this for-profit agency. As long as a nonprofit is the one that is applying and receiving it, got it. they got often it. then go out and hire for-profit agencies to fulfill that contract, so to speak. That's cool. So I think that would be a model worth exploring. I agree. Yeah. I didn't know that you could partner like that with that. Because I know the time to create that, you know, 513C could, could take months, years at some, at some instances. So yeah, to uh, be able to partner with one that's already in existence with a similar mission. I think that's awesome. And uh, yeah, again, again, Sam, a great way to just impact society uh, and this preventative health, which is huge, right? Like, uh, especially after the past couple of years, I think maybe hopefully, hopefully knock on wood, some more folks are waking up to, you know, how we can be uh, of service there for sure. Yeah, and that, that's a message. Unfortunately, we've not gotten out to the communities during COVID no. is just the power of building that immune system. I don't know if yeah. people were afraid to, you know, boldly proclaim that message, but uh, uh, the results speak for themselves. Yeah. You know, the healthier you are, you know, the more strength you have to fight whatever's going to be coming down the pike next, and there will be a next. There'll be something else for sure. Always, yeah, there's always been, there always will be, so a thousand percent. So, uh, yeah, make ourselves as strong as we can, I think, mentally, physically, all that good stuff. So, yeah, Sam, I, I love that, man. I love that you have this uh, nonprofit 
as part of your uh, part of your business as well. With all that being said, what is like your main focus now within CBF for the next 12 months? Where are you focused right now? And I know we touched on a few of these things already, but the main focus for the next year for you. Well, we've got two areas of focus. You know, one is on the nonprofit arena. We have a 10 acre campus in addition to our 24,000 square foot facility. And nice. so we, we are in 2023, we're gonna be unveiling a uh, recovery rehab place for veterans. It's like a homeless shelter, but nice. it's not for them to come and stay forever, but to come and be a part of the CBF family, get back on their feet and then get back nice. into the community. So that will be part of our mission Okay. that uh, we have the house already on the property and we're going to rehab it. And, and so that's one thing that's awesome. that we do. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to the gym membership yeah. itself, right. you know, our goal is to fine tune our model. And one of the reasons we're so excited to have discovered your podcast, Austin, yeah. Yeah. Is it is chalk full of so many amazing ideas right. Right. that honestly, we've been so busy with this rapid change Right. that we probably at CBF need to spend more time looking at the data, sure. analyzing, you know, who our clients are, sure. uh, analyze our community a little bit better, and then be able to put together, you know, our next strategic initiative right. to grow and expand right. our reach in, in the community. And yeah. so, you know, if I had a hunch right now, it's going to be, uh, more strategic and going after our older population right right uh, because that is a big area that we've not right. tapped into sure. we've got cardiac rehab we have a senior you know 10 o'clock in the mornings when our gym's not as busy as the evenings right, right. Uh, that's when our seniors show up but we're you know we've got a lot of area for growth so what yep. are some things we can do to reach out to uh, our more mature members of the community right. Right, that's right. going to be one of our strategic initiatives yeah. for the next few months. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And a, a huge part of a segment of society, we can have a massive impact on, obviously, the, the older crowd. And to just keep them moving, keep them healthy. But yeah, like we talked about, the marketing of that, you know, is uh, maybe a little more challenging than marketing to, you know, a 35-year-old person or something like that. So that's for sure. sure. Uh, yeah. we, we also want to answer the hour question. What's your take on 24-7 versus limited hours? Me? Uh, yeah, a lot of gyms, a lot, Sam, we're doing like that scan, you know, at the front door of 24-7. CrossFits, uh, personal training studios. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't I don't really have a, a major leaning either way at this point in time. I know a lot of gyms of your style, the bigger, the big box gym, we'll call it, definitely 24-7. Uh, I know I've never worked out at 2 a.m. I think it's good for like a holiday or a Sunday or a late afternoon Saturday something like that, but yeah, it's trending there a lot. And I know the expense isn't something crazy to add that into, uh, right. even from an insurance uh, look right. or just from uh, any other thing. So uh, yeah, from what I've talked to, a lot of people have it for sure. Um, from my personal standpoint, would I ever go to the gym at 3 a.m.? Probably not, but right. a, a holiday, a weekend, maybe you can kind of limit the staffing a little bit, you know, but pros and cons, yeah, pros and cons. What do you... Are you guys going, you thinking you're going to go that way or what? We, we have a lot of people that say they want it and I'll be yeah. there when you get it. And, and, but it, right. You know, right. Uh, uh, so we're, we're, we struggle with that decision, but we're, yeah. we've got security cameras up and we're probably going to give it a shot. 
Yeah, I think it's worth a shot. I mean, uh, again, I think it's uh, a value add, a worst case, a value add to the membership, right? Which is great. And um, yeah, I just think people like it. Hey, if I want to go Sunday afternoon or I want to go on Christmas or I want to go on Fourth of July for clothes, you know, I think it's all good for that sort of thing. So uh, yeah, Sam, this is awesome. Uh, really loved talking to you today. And I think it's a great place to uh, wrap this show up. Where can our listeners find you on your social media, your website, so we can follow along uh, your story there of CBF? Sure. People can go to policefitness.com, some powerful videos there about Curtis and his story. You can go to curtisbartlettfitness.com, and you can go to policefitnesschallenge.com. And, of course, uh, find us on uh, Facebook at Curtis Bartlett Fitness or at Police Fitness. Uh, We're on Instagram as well. So uh, we've actually started a TikTok channel now. So There you go. I'm not on TikTok yet, but they say it's out there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i'll have to look you up i mean yeah i mean uh we could talk about that off camera but yeah tiktok is the next thing for fitness uh marketing at least for sure so uh well, sam this is great appreciate you so much man for coming on and sharing your story thank you hey my pleasure austin thank you you got it listeners we appreciate you guys as well please hit like and subscribe to be notified for our future episodes and until next time gym lords we are out thank you for listening to this interview but Don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I am here with Karen from Curves in Topsfield, Massachusetts. What's up, Karen? How are you today? Hi, Bree. I'm good. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm good. Absolutely. Thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. All right, so without wasting any time here, let's jump right into the details. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? What's the story there? Okay, well, my story is um, I really did not have a fitness background per se. Um, You know, went to school for basically publishing. I had publishing jobs initially out of school, out of college. Um, Really enjoyed it, but quit to have kids and Um, over time, I mean, I did some freelance work after I had the kids, but over time did less and less and less. And then finally the kids started getting independent. Um, and I started realizing I need a challenge in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, not only that I had gained a lot of weight and was just not, had not been able to stick with any kind of a fitness, you know, regimen. So I, through some neighbors, I found out about a local curves. Um, so I'm in Topsfield. The business is in Topsfield, Mass. I live in Boxford. And um, so I showed up, checked them out, and I, I immediately loved it. Um, I became a member right away um, and just fell in love with the whole community feeling of curves, basically. So it's a great workout, um, but it's also a wonderful community of women. So it's an all women's gym, you know, designed for women, all that stuff. So just fell in love with the workout itself. And then, um, I knew the owner was looking to sell. Um, so I started thinking about, well, maybe my next challenge is maybe I should buy this business. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
I, she said, you know, perhaps you should work for me first to kind of get a sense of it and see what you really think and learn more. So I, so I did, I became a coach for her. Um, then I got uh, certified to be a nutrition coach for her because Curves has a nutrition program as well. Um, then I became ultimately the, the manager. Um, and finally, when she was going to throw in the towel, she wanted to um, retire and be with her grandkids. Mm -hmm. um, she said, you know what, I'm ready to let this go. And um, if she had actually tried to find other buyers and there were no bites or really nobody, nothing worked out. Right. So when she was about to retire, I said, well, I can't just let this place close. I'm, you know, I, I need to buy it. So um, we have served um, so many women, you know, in this community for so long. The club's been there since 2002. And like I said, I just had fallen in love with it. So I couldn't not buy it. So right. no, business, no business owning experience, you know, none of that. Uh, but again, I had the experience of working at Curve. So I actually worked there for about um, seven years before I decided to buy it. So I had some experience there, but um, yeah. just, just love the workout itself and the community of curves. So awesome. I bought it in 2018. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, having that experience of working there for a long period of time gave you a, a good idea of the business side of things and kind of how things run and whatnot. So that's always good. A lot of times people come into owning a gym with no prior experience, you know, it's like a lot of times they go from personal training and kind of having like a small client base to owning a gym. So definitely good that you had that uh, under your belt anyway, before coming into ownership. Yeah. So as, go ahead. I was going to say, although it's still not quite the same as actually yeah. owning it, you know, when yes. you're just working there. So yes, yeah. Big learning, learning curve for me. So yes. Definitely. A lot of things come up that you didn't really either know about or expect along the way, for sure, within ownership. So yep. um, now, as far as your membership base goes, how many women are you currently serving at the facility? So we have approximately 154 members, give or take. Um, and most of those are in club members only. In other words, you know, they just work out in the gym. Um, but Curves also now has a really great online program as well, which amazingly came out just before COVID. <laughs> so Conveniently. We, were kind of, we were kind of ready with that, which was great. Um, so now I, you know, some of those members, 16 of them are online only members and then a handful do both. So they, they're combo members where they can work out anytime online and anytime in the club. So mm -hmm. awesome. that's my current base. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. And as far as it, is that a number you're comfortable with? Are you looking to add more members? Are you looking to scale at all? Or are you kind of good where you are? I know a lot of people now are in positions where they're coming back from those COVID numbers. Um, so a lot of people are really looking to grow and scale. And what is that looking like for you? Yeah. So, um, you know, I definitely am looking to grow. I sort of have a number in my head of basically double what we are now. I would love to see us be at 300 members, which I believe is how many members total, you know, the most members there ever were at the club, mm -hmm. you know, prior to COVID in the early years. Um, so I don't know if you know that much about Curves, but Curves is a franchise. And when they first started, there were, there started to be Curves everywhere. And so mm -hmm. 
you know, if you were a club, then there were other curves popping up all around you. They sometimes detracted from your membership. So anyway, but at our club's height, it was 300 members. And I feel like we can get back to that, especially because we are now the only curves in the area. Mm -hmm. um, so that's my goal. And, you know, it's, it's a long way from COVID. So we actually were around 200 members before, just before COVID hit. And then COVID, you know, took me down to about 123. So it's really, it's slogging our way back up. Yeah. And it's really been slow going, getting people to feel comfortable coming back again. That's what we're finding. And even though we have the online workout, which is amazing, um, there are still so many people who say, to me all the time, oh, there's no way I would do a workout online. There's no way I would do that. I couldn't make myself do it. And it's kind of frustrating, you know, knowing that that's there and it's such a good option, but so many people are not quite willing to take advantage of it. So, right. so we're, you know, trying to promote that, you know, a lot as well, but so yeah, 300 is my number. <laughs> okay. Yeah, absolutely. So now Getting to that number, what does that look like for you? How are you getting the word out there about what it is that you're doing and the programs that you're offering? What does marketing look like? Yeah, so of course, I mean, like all gyms, we really do rely on referrals. Um, so, you know, we do a lot trying to encourage our members to let their friends and family know about, you know, how much they love Curves. Um, offer them free weeks for friends, free months for friends, um, and let them have pe bring people in, which which we've had a fair amount of success with. So that's a great option. Um, and then, of course, we do now a lot of online advertising. Um, we didn't used to really do that much at all, um, but since I guess it was a little bit before COVID came out. Maybe I don't know when exactly. Curves became affiliated with a company called Engage One to One. Um, you know, they're an internet marketing service. Mm -hmm. So as a franchise, we get a little bit of a, a discount on using their services. So every month, you know, they run curves ads for me that are created by corporate. Um, and, uh, you know, they pretty much just try to reach about a 15 mile radius around my club. Cause that's about as far as most people are willing to go. Mm -hmm. Um, so definitely I take advantage of that. Sometimes I do extra funding for those ads. And then also, of course, boosting, you know, boosting on Facebook and other social media boosting. And I've been doing that through them now recently rather than on my own um, because they have a lot of, because they work with all of the curves, um, North America, they kind of are aware of what works and what doesn't work. And they have a good um, base for, you know, who they're going to target, who they're going to send out these ads and boosts to. So, mm -hmm. so do a lot of that. And I do see, you know, response from that. I see a lot of people, you know, just checking out our Facebook page. So we have do a lot of organic posting as well. Um, photos of members working out on machines and, you know, having great successes and, you know, certificates of, you know, numbers of workouts they've accomplished and things like that. So their friends see those, they share those, and that really helps us to as well spread the word. So yeah. Um, yeah, those are the biggies. I okay. do some, some print advertising, but not a whole lot at the moment. Um, the previous owner never thought it was that successful for her, but you know, I think it's important to do a little bit. So I do some, um, advertising mailers. There's a printing company locally who, Com, uh, com, compiles a, uh, a whole advertising sheet that has various businesses, local business in the, in there. So 
I'm doing that with them. Every couple months, I have an ad going out through there. So that goes to all the you know local towns that tend to come to my gym. And then sometimes we do postcards on our own, um, you know, just to to our lead list, which we do have, you know, probably I don't know, maybe 700, you know, leads kind of in our system. So we have access to that. And we we make phone calls constantly. The staff always, you know, puts some amount of time aside every week to make phone calls to those people, tell them about our current promotions, um, and invite them to come in for a circuit tour. So they do that as well. And um, texting is actually another great option that mm -hmm. we just started doing recently, um, which I love because I'm finding that people really, a lot of people respond much quicker to texting than they do any other way. Um, yes. You know, and sometimes people say, stop, don't text me. But on the whole, you know, you just, you get a lot better response, I find, with texting because it's short, it's quick. They can just say yes or no or ask you a quick question. Um, and I'm loving that option. So, yeah, absolutely. Great. Okay. So, now how many new faces on average are you seeing on a monthly basis through all of those kind of platforms and ways of getting the word out there? Well, uh, I guess I would say in the last few months, it's kind of started picking up. Prior to that, it was pretty much dribs and drabs, trickles, really. Um, but March and April saw more of a pickup of you know people interested in coming in. So I would say maybe somewhere around 15 people a month. Not you know not a huge number, but that was more than we were seeing you know prior. Mm -hmm. so, and in our case, a lot of times when people come in, they seem to actually join. Um, you know, we sort of look at we assume that maybe it's going to be about a 50% um, show up rate, you know, and then um, somewhat less percentage of people will actually join from that. But our club has pretty good stats. So we actually seem to do better um, when we get people in the door. They seem to most often join, which is great. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's typically the challenge for most gyms is just getting the word out there to the right people and getting them to show up in the gym. You know, it's like once they show up, Typically, they're becoming members, they're sticking around, it's more so just reaching the right people and getting them to actually walk in the doors. Um, so now with that being said, what are you typically running as a front end offer? What are you putting out there for people to draw people in to come into the gym to either try a training session or uh, a consultation? What does that typically look like? Yep. So. We always have a free consultation that's out there. And um, that's just, you know, people come in, do it, what we call a circuit tour. They try some machines. Um, we just, just talk to them about all of our various programs we have and joining options and what their needs and goals are. And um, so we get a lot of people who just want to come check us out and do that. We also always have out there the option of a free week. Um, so that's a pretty good deal. They get thoroughly trained in that week and get the chance to see, you know, what the club is like. Um, we don't always promote that actively, but they can sort of see that. Like if we have, um, if they check out our, um, app or our Facebook page or our, um, website, they'll see that they could do that as an option if they want. Um, but curves then 
corporate puts out a promotion usually once or twice a month. I'm sorry, every month or every two months, roughly. Mm -hmm. So um, currently we have a great one going on, which is mom joins and the daughter joins for free. So this is where a school age daughter of a mom who joins can join for a whole year for free. So it's not really an intro thing. You join for a year but it's pretty much two for one. So it's, you kind of can't beat it. <laughs> you know, if you've got a school-aged daughter and you're a mom out there, um, it's worth checking out. Yeah. And then, and usually most of our promotions do revolve around a 12 month membership. So it's, mm -hmm. you know, either um, you get your first 30 days free, um, but you're joining for a 12 month membership or you, we waive the enrollment fee, which is right now it's $99 a one-time fee. So occasionally we will waive the, the enrollment fee. Um, so the, sometimes it's 50% off. We'll do that a lot of times. Um, we, we have one that's very popular is join for a dollar. And again, it's, it's join on a 12 month membership. So we're really kind of, kind of pushing and promoting the join for 12 months rather than mm -hmm. just try us. But we do, like I said, we always have that free week out there for people to try, so. Got it, okay. All right, so now one thing I really like to ask about with every gym owner that I speak with is, what's one thing within the business that you really excel at, that you're really good at? And then what's one thing within the business that is challenging for you? And how do you overcome that or work through that? Mm-hmm. Well, um, I think I'm actually really good with working with people on the circuit, um, just kind of educating the members, training the members, really getting to know them and finding out what they need and how we can help them. Um, you know, I think that is a strength of mine, which is great because it's a lot of a lot of the job <laughs> involves yes. doing that. Um, of course, I have I have other staff too who do that as well. Um, but to me, and that's also what I love about it. I mean, I just love interacting with the members and getting to know them. And it's really a personal relationship. Um, you know, you cry with them, you laugh with them, you hug them and um, watch their successes and help them work through their failures. And it's just, you know, it's amazing. So, so gratifying. Um, so that's one, that's my strength, I think. And um, something I can work on, I really, I've had to, like I said, I had really no business background. So I did have to kind of do a lot of educating myself on just what is involved in running a business. Um, and um, another big thing you need to do is get out there and you know talk about your business um, in all kinds of different settings. And that for me has been a big challenge. I do tend to have kind of like a fear of <laughs> speaking in front of groups of people. And, um, you know, I'm great one-on-one -on -one in my club, but if, if I have to go give a talk, it's a little bit more of a challenge. So, yep. <laughs> you know, anxiety around that and all of that stuff. So I work on that all the time um, by being a member of networking groups and things like that, where you often have an opportunity to talk about what you do. And mm -hmm. sometimes it's in small groups or sometimes it's, they'll give you, you know, 15 minutes to give a little talk. So that's been really helpful for me. Um, and I take advantage of a lot of online, you know, Zoom workshops and things around those types of topics. Mm -hmm. I'm actually doing a public speaking course right now, which is, is really amazing and going to be really helpful. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, so now what is the 
big picture goal for you. I like to call it like the unicorn goal. You know, it's like we always kind of come into this with like that perfect world situation in our minds of where we would like to take the business. So what does that look like for you? So <clears throat> for me, it's not really about um, growing in terms of doing, having more locations. Although some, I have a lot of people say to me, you should open another location. Right. If that were to happen, it would be great. If I were to feel stable enough and like I was doing well enough that I could do that, that would be great. But really, I think honestly for me, um, really my goal is to be able to pass it on when I'm ready to retire. I don't know when that's going to be exactly, but you know, when I bought the club, it was because it meant so much to the community that I didn't want it to leave. I wanted it to be there as a resource for people. And um, that's kind of how I feel going forward. I really want to be able to you know, pass along a business that's, you know, doing well and that somebody would actually want to buy it. And, um, you know, feel as good about it as I do and, and keep serving all the women that we serve in our community. So that's kind of it for me, pass it on, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what, what do you think needs to happen for you to get to that point where you can pass it on and it's successful, you know, and it's something that somebody would want to come in and take over and continue serving the community and the women that are there? So I guess I really think that that's where that 300 number comes <laughs> comes in yes. for me. I really feel like if I can get there, that's going to be the number that, um, you know, where the, you know, the, the bottom line is going to look amazing and um, somebody will actually say, yeah, this is something, you know, I can work with this and right. we'll want to continue it. So yeah, got to get to that 300 number and we're, yes. you know, slowly eking our way up there. So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, uh, important to make it appealing to potential buyers, you know, even if you're not necessarily looking to sell, you know, that's always something that I kind of um, focus on with gym owners is like, you know, make it appealing to other people, you know, other people should want to buy your business because right. a lot of times you get into situations where it's like things come up unexpectedly and you know you want it to be a place that's appealing not only for potential buyers but also for your trainers you know you want it to be a really good place for them to work and an appealing place for good trainers to be because we know finding help a lot of the time is challenging mm -hmm. so you know if you can make it a really appealing place to to work as well. That's huge. Yeah. That can be a huge uh, game changer within the business in and of itself, because typically that's what allows you to step back a little bit and focus on that next level of growth. So yeah. yep. definitely important. True. All right. So now uh, I always love to ask as well about uh, a piece of advice to somebody who is maybe considering either taking over a gym or opening a gym or kind of taking that uh, leap of faith themselves. Uh, what is one of the most important things that you've learned over your time in ownership? Boy, I'm sure there are tons of things. <laughs> Let me think. Um, you know, I think a huge one for me is, um, you know, learn from your mistakes, but don't beat yourself up about your mistakes. Um, you just have to keep moving forward because you will make mistakes. 
um, in every area you can imagine, you know, yes. from dealing with people to the finances or, you know, the bookkeeping, the business side, any of those things, you're going to make mistakes, but you just have to be able to just move on.org, you know, just keep, yes. keep going um, because everyone does make mistakes. And when you make mistakes, you learn and you grow. So mm -hmm. um, to me, that's, that's huge. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Being able to move on and continue moving forward rather than focusing on the negatives because it, you know, it does come up. It's natural, you know, especially when you're taking on a new venture and the business side tends to be kind of a big question mark in the beginning, right? It's like we typically get into either owning a gym or starting a business within the fitness because we love fitness, not because we love business, right? Mm -hmm. That just comes along with it. So being able to kind of just move along, keep moving forward, you know, when you do make a mistake is a great yep. piece of advice yep. there for yeah. sure. I was going to just say one other one, which is, I think, um, you know, when you have staff, really listen to them um, and let them really think about and talk to you about their opinions on what's going well, what's not going well. Um, what the needs of the business are because they may see things that you don't and um, they really appreciate, I think, um, you know, being listened to and, um, you know, validated in that way. So, and it right. helps keep them. So, yes. Yeah, absolutely. That was always one thing that was important to me was listening to what they had to say. You know, even if you, you don't have to obviously apply everything that they say or do everything, make any of the take the suggestions into account but just being there to listen and make them feel heard is important you know um and also along those same lines kind of sharing the vision with them as far as where you're looking to take the gym and what you're focusing on and what growth looks like uh, i think that's really important too a lot of times we tend to just kind of get caught up in the business and the day-to-day -day and not necessarily share those things with the staff and right. that can be big as far as just motivating them to want to help you get there and mm -hmm. be a part of that so that's that's definitely an important piece as well yep i agree all right awesome so as we start to wrap up here where can the listeners find you on social media so well social media we have our own facebook page which is curves of topsfield you do have to put the of in there otherwise you're not going to find us necessarily <laughs> um so that's our name on facebook curves of topsfield and on instagram it's just curves topsfield um that's pretty much where we are that's our presence we Curves um, has, a, has a website, of course, it's curves.com. You can also find our business from that website as well. Um, they have all the Curves locations on there. Um, so yeah. Alrighty, awesome. So Karen from Curves in Topsfield, Massachusetts. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been great having you on the show. Thank you so much, it's been fun. Good. All right. And to all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we'll catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. 
The Gym Lords Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, Or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of All In Training in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Mike Tilbury. Thanks for being on with us today. Uh, Thanks for having me, Dominic. Looking forward to it, man. Yes, sir. Let's jump in. Give me the general overview of what All In Training is all about. Uh, So we we opened up in January, and our, our goal is to just to, to impact our community in a positive way. Uh, we know that, um, you know, people, people need help right now more than ever. So we want to be that, that source for them. So we do group training. Um, our clientele, our membership base is anywhere between, um, I think our youngest is, uh, we have a 12 year old and then we've got up to, I believe in the mid fifties and everything in between. And then all sorts of different fitness levels. We never want to make anybody feel left out or that they're not capable of doing it. So we, we bring our workouts, um, we meet you where you're at, and then push you just a little bit further. Like it, like that little catch. We meet you where you're at, and then push you a little bit further. So before we hop into a little bit of the details of what you're doing, give us a backstory. You didn't uh, fall off a turnip truck and decide you're going to open a gym. So what's your history? I know you've been down there in Myrtle Beach for you know going on eight nine years there, but how do we, how do you end up here as the owner of this facility? Yeah. So, uh, growing up, man, I was, I was overweight and I got picked on a lot, uh, which was pretty brutal with the last name Tilbury. Uh, kids were pretty tough. Uh, I was, they nicknamed me the Pillsbury Doughboy for a while. Um, but as I got older, I started getting more and more into sports. I uh, started playing football in high school. Um, loved football, but I really fell in love with the workout and the training aspect of it. And that just kind of stayed with me. Um, I've had two big weight loss trans- transformations, uh, my last one was uh, 10 years ago, right before I met my wife, I lost about 50 pounds and um, it just kind of triggered something. And um, I was kind of in a dead end job at that point. My wife said, why don't you, why don't you take your experience and maybe translate it into becoming a trainer? And uh, I gave it a shot. And then, um, you know, I got certified right as we moved from Pennsylvania to Myrtle beach. Um, we found a gym here that was looking for a trainer. I applied, got the job and just kind of started growing from there. Fast forward, um, six, seven years when the pandemic hit, um, I had done everything in the, the company. Uh, we started as a small gym in Myrtle beach where there was maybe 30 members. Um, I started as a part-time coach. Uh, we grew it as a team. I got, um, when we would open a new facility, my job was to go in and open that facility, um, create the community and get people comfortable and, uh, get our brand out there. Um, and then there was a new position created for me. I was the director of operations where my job was to grow the business the company and then um, about three years ago the owner decided to that he wanted to franchise the company so that's what happened it's now a national brand 
Um, I'm happy for them that they're they're making an impact. But then when the pandemic hit um, in 2020, uh, unfortunately, my position was no longer needed in their eyes. So I was uh, let go from that. I had a mortgage to pay. Um, my car was a, a company car, so I no longer had that. Um, and obviously, all the uncertainty that was going on in the world. And then on top of that, I had a son. Uh, he wasn't even a year old yet. So we kind of had to figure things out. Um, from that, I knew that I didn't want to work for anybody else, knowing that I wasn't in complete control of what was going on. So we, we kind of talked about it, and uh, my wife and I, and we decided that um, we can do this on our own and we can make it work. So I started doing online training um, with, with a lot of different people. Uh, when, when news got out that I was let go, I had over a thousand phone calls and text messages within 24 hours, man. It was, it was crazy. That was on a Thursday and I started training people that Monday morning online through Zoom and all that good stuff. Uh, we did that for about a year and a half. And then um, last, last April, I started training two, three guys that owned a meal prep company in the area. Um, and I was training them at their, their office. They built a, a little gym in their office. We were doing that. And one of them was actually a realtor. And we were talking about it. And he's like, you know, I'm going to help you look for a spot. You need to be out with people. He goes, that's your, that's your bread and butter. That's where you're going to make the most impact. So he was looking for spots for me. He was uh, super help. And then um, in November, right before, right before uh, my wife and I and my son were going on vacation, we we're going to Disney. It was that Thursday uh, before Thanksgiving. He calls me up and he's like, hey, man, I got a spot. And he told me where it was. And I was like, ah, I, don't, I don't know. That's a, that's a drive for me. He's like, just, just come check it out. I think you'll like it. So we went and checked it out. And I fell in love with the man. It was like 20, 22, 2300 square feet of just open space for us to, to do what we wanted. It was a blank canvas. I called my wife and I said, we found it. And we got to jump on it because there's another offer. And, and um, we jumped on it, wrote the offer up, did everything. And then we got back from Disney and we started working on it. That's awesome, man. I think a lot of, um, you know, when it comes time to open a new space, right, the sequence of events often happens to us more than we can plan it directly and, it, you know, ultimate, you know, turn, turn lemons into lemonade. And then even, even sort of worked itself into, you know, being around the right person that found the spot, you know, that because, you know, you're not in, you know, you're, it's a highly populated area. It's a tourist area. I'm sure different locations. It's a, a unique real estate market versus just your regular small town USA. So you get to see the space, you fall in love with it. How do the wheels start turning for you from there as far as this is how I, I think I want to lay it out. This is the type of offering we're going to do because your, your online training was probably more one-on-one -on -one focus, but the gym ends up right now being primarily group classes, um, larger, you know, different spaces, multiple people. So how did that start coming together for you once you saw the place, you knew that was it. What did the planning look like from there? So like I said, it was a, a wide open space. We knew we didn't have to do any demolition or anything like that. Uh, so we knew that we what we wanted, we didn't want um, certain equipment. We wanted certain equipment. And we kind of just started piecing it together in our mind and laying it out. And then once we had that figured out, we already knew that we didn't want to offer too many things to kind of confuse people and get out of, get out of what we're really good at. And what we're really good at is providing a great experience and making people feel comfortable and welcome in that area. So we didn't want to, you know, say you can choose from this or this or this or this, and we didn't want to confuse people. So we said, let's go right with the group, the group workouts and let's stick with that and not try to be something that we're not. 
so that was kind of where we went with it. And, um, you know, you had mentioned uh, the, the area. It's definitely a very diverse area. It's a very touristy area, obviously. And uh, one of the biggest things is it's a very transient area. So it's a lot of seasonal workers. You might get people that work in the, the hospitality business, uh, things like that. So it's not it's not like a big city feel where there's big companies or corporations here. So trying to find that sweet spot to, you know, who we want to target and, and, and make them feel welcome was a big thing. Um, and then once we kind of had that laid out, we knew what we wanted to do and we got to work. Awesome, man. So like you said, you were already training clients online. You already had a reputation. You're established in the area. So that definitely gave you a leg up on knowing, you know, there's this uncertainty a lot of times, especially when people are, are leasing or buying their first brick and mortar location. Like, is anybody going to show up? So you had some built-in clientele already to give you a little bit of insurance, but you've also grown pretty quickly, all things considered, coming out of the back end of a pandemic, maybe suboptimal economic conditions, a lot of things going on, but you've managed to grow to almost half of, or roughly half of your potential capacity as a one-man show in four and a half months. So what have you done to spread the word out above and beyond the people who already knew who you were and just wanted to go wherever you are? So, yeah, so our biggest thing is we don't spend any money on, on marketing or advertising. Um, that was something I know a lot of a lot of um, the fitness industry is, you know, Facebook marketing and things like that. And it works. But we wanted to try something completely different. Um, going things going from my past experience where I saw the biggest growth in the company that I ran was through word of mouth and grassroots. And then taking and what we wanted to do was take the money that we would spend on marketing and advertising, we want to put that back into our members. And we want to make it more about our members uh, inside those four walls and the people outside of those four walls. So we're encouraging um, social media posts. We're encouraging you to, to bring a friend, things like that. And that's where we've really seen huge growth. Um, you know, we've, we've done a festival that was in the area. We got our word out that way. Uh, so things like that. And we give everything back to our members. So this past month, we did a member appreciation month where we did a, a night out with our members, there's a local uh, minor league baseball team. So we said, who wants to go? We had, uh, you know, a bunch of people that wanted to go. We said, we'll buy your tickets for the game. Let's go out and have a good time. So that's where, that's where we want to spend it. But we want to put everything into our members. Um, this is where our biggest thing was. And then I remember when uh, we, were have, we were getting our software for our app that we have, uh, each, each member has to sign in for their workouts. So when we were going over the, the back end of it with, with our um, representative, and we were going over all that and he was explaining how it works and all that stuff. Uh, I'll never forget this. This was in December. He said to us, he goes, um, you guys plan on doing a pre-launch? And we said, yeah, absolutely. And he goes, great. He goes, we usually recommend uh, three to six months out that you start working on it. So he goes, at this point, probably March, April, we can get this launched. He goes, have you thought about when you want to do it? And I, it was a Zoom call and I looked at my wife and I looked at him. I was like, yeah, we're doing it tomorrow. And like his mouth just dropped. He's like, what do you mean doing it tomorrow? And I said, we've been working on it for the past year and a half. And so we've been building relationships, talking to people. Um, I do a lot of free stuff on Facebook. Social media is so powerful. I think that's where we can really, really focus. But giving out information and just kind of checking in with people, things like that. Um, and his, his mouth just kind of dropped. And that, that was our whole thought plan was we've been doing it for the past year and a half. We're not going to wait any longer. Um, you know, the community is ready for us. We're ready to be there for them. So let's just jump right in. Awesome, man. So something we see a lot, and I'm sure 
you know, your experience with launching the other locations, doing different things, and just really being plugged in over the last few years. Everybody loves the word of mouth, the referral customers. They're great. They already know, like, and trust us. They, they know what to expect. You know, it's usually a lot less of a salesy sales process to use a very technical term, but we see from most people in the micro gym space that eventually that hits a plateau where there's, there's a diminishing return there. For most gyms, I think it's probably in the, the 80 to 100 client space, but it varies a little bit depending on help and location. So have you seen that happen in other situations? And, and what do you think is going to get you over that hump if that inevitably does? Yeah, so I definitely have seen that. And that's something that we're trying to, to be aware of, knowing that it's not going to be all uh, you know rainbows the whole time, that there are going to be some hurdles and that we are going to run into that. Um, so we're, you know, we're always trying to plan ahead and look at different things that we can do. Um, and uh, one thing that we really, really, that we're proud of is we do a free seven week or seven day trial for anybody who wants to come in and check us out. And I, we really took that from the Chick-fil-A uh, restaurant model. Um, I'm good friends with uh, one of the, the franchise owners in this area, and it's one of the most successful in the country. And, uh, you know, he was telling me one day we went out for lunch and uh, we were talking about some stuff, business, and he goes, you know, Chick-fil-A will never discount any of their products. And I just looked at him like, man, you know, why not? Then he goes, because once you start discounting, he goes, people look for that discount. He goes, we'll give out a free chicken sandwich. We'll give out free fries or something like that. He goes, that gets people in the door to experience it. He goes, once they experience it, he goes, they're willing to pay that price for it because they know how good it is. He goes, then you've also built up that trust with them now. So that was something that really stuck out to me. So, you know, we're, we're looking to hopefully never have to kind of do different things like that, but aware that that may come up. But the seven free day trial that we do has been been awesome. It's given us enough time to build trust with people and to allow them to, ex to actually experience what we do. Um, I know some places do like a free three day trial and that works. And I think it's all about finding what works for you and kind of sticking with it and tweaking here and there. But um, for us, like I said, that's, that's been good. But we also want to potentially add in some different things where we're going to do that speed and agility uh, camp for young athletes this summer that we're hoping maybe that can give us some different connections with parents and network in a different way. So we kind of want to look at different options like that. Awesome. Awesome. So a couple of things that I see there that I think work in your favor from the outside looking in are your incremental cost of servicing an additional client right now is basically zero because you have capacity. You don't need to do some involved onboarding with new clients. You know everybody. You know who's new. Um, you don't have to pay another coach to do anything. So for somebody to walk in the door, whether you have seven people or eight in one of your classes, I mean, maybe they use a, a little bit more hand cleaner or some toilet paper or something like that, but it's almost zero for your, your incremental cost of servicing them. And then on the other end, you're not spending any actual dollars on marketing. So you're not worried about cost of acquisition right now. So where, you know, upfront cash and, and free trials can sometimes be a tough pill to swallow as a micro gym owner, you're in a position where it seems like those two things work mostly in your benefit. Um, do you feel like that's where it is and, and it's more of a timing in positioning thing, why that seven day free trial works really well right now? Yeah, and you mentioned it where it's 
it's me that's in there. So I get to know everybody. And that's kind of, kind of the whole thing is where the experience we want to provide is not just like, Hey, here's a good workout. Here's and on the board. We're going to go through it. We're going to sweat and feel good. We want to get to know our members and make them feel like it's more than just, just a typical gym where you, you know, you, you check in, you work out and you go home. We're checking with people every day. Um, one of my biggest things, and I always used to encourage this to young coaches and trainers is get to know one thing about each one of your members, whether it's their family, whether it's where they're from, something like that. If you can make that connection, you've got a lot of trust with them and they're good there. So that's kind of, kind of where it is right now is that experience getting to know our members and making it more than just a gym, which allows us to, to, to keep things where they're at, where they feel comfortable bringing somebody in for a free seven day trial or something along those lines. And then, you know, knowing that we're not spending that money right now on marketing or advertising, like I said, I was a part of that. I know what goes into it. I know the stress that it causes, um, especially early on. So that's kind of something that we wanted to avoid as much as possible. Um, you know, we did put a lot of money into the gym itself. So if we can get people in word of mouth, that's kind of where we're going. Yeah. And, and you've seen it, right? The return on ad spend game. If it costs you $100 to get somebody in the door and signed up, if you don't collect any money from them when they do sign up, you have to wait, you know, seven days or a month or, you know, your percentages start to drop. You, it takes longer to be profitable. But for you, if your dollar spend is zero, and they come in for a week, it doesn't cost you anything besides time, which is valuable, but you have it right now. And then a week later, you get $120 from them. That's if they sign up for your unlimited package, which mm -hmm. is, you know, probably your ideal scenario right now. Yep. You get that. So the ROI on that is almost infinity because you spent zero and, and you get that. So the other place that I think that keys in as the owner being involved, right? You're, you have your thing, you're gonna treat everybody like they're the last person you're ever gonna see yep. because you know, like I worked work my ass off to give everyone else a good experience, to get a referral. I don't wanna let down Mr. or Mrs. Jones who referred them. I wanna go above and beyond. So now that person gets a wow experience. And then you start looking at how that's gonna affect your, your retention or attrition numbers. And that's the other side of the coin that starts, you know, eating away at that referral word of mouth thing, because it's, it's really great. And, and I don't know your numbers. And just for example, say, if you get, you know, five referral sign up new customers a month and your attrition rate is 10%, well, as soon as you hit 50, you're just treading water, you're breaking even. But if you cut that attrition rate down to 5%, now you get all the way to 100 before those same five people onboarding isn't, isn't returning you a net positive every month. So, you know, while it's not ideal for you as the owner to be doing everything all the time, you're still right in that sweet spot where there's not a big opportunity for it to bite you in the butt. And you can start thinking, right, I got to hire someone, I got to get a coach and then keep an eye on attrition and then make sure everything stays the same. So really in that, I'm doing all the work phase, but also you have your hands right on everything. So it's not going to get away with it, get away from you. So absolutely. And that's feel and, like right where you are right now. Yeah. That, and that's kind of where it feels um, like physically I'm tired, right? Yeah. Like you're waking up at four every day. Um, but you, you mentioned the word retention and that's where a lot of our focus is. I'd rather put the focus on retaining our members 
and you talked about turnover and things like that, retaining them rather than going out and working hard to get a sale. And I may get, you know, one or two people, but if I'm focusing on those, but those one or two people, if I'm neglecting my current members, again, I've only got so much time in a day and I lose four people in a month, but I've gained two, you know, I'm negative two for that month. So it doesn't, that doesn't make sense to me, where I'd rather focus most of my attention and most of my effort on that retention, um, knowing where my numbers are and things like that, knowing what we have, knowing that I'm not, I don't think we can grow past 120 and still service our members the way we want to. So we're not looking for that like immediate boom where we get 120 in eight months. You know, we're, we're looking for where we are, we feel comfortable. We're looking for that gradual growth where we can kind of grow into everything. And then you mentioned bringing on a coach or another trainer, and that's where we're kind of at right now. Um, where we kind of get people comfortable, we kind of build our process, our systems and things like that, where we could hire somebody that we feel comfortable with and kind of bring them in and kind of have things ready for them. So we're not, we're not figuring things out at the same time as trying to teach them. So that's, um, again, from past experience, those are things that I've learned. Um, you know, I don't know everything, obviously, but I like to take what I've learned, what's worked and what's failed and kind of come up with what we think might work for us. Yeah, and that's a good example of where your prior experience in the other facilities in a management role, right? Going from a trainer to an owner, some things translate, but being in management and growth, you've seen it. So if our audience is listening and like, don't feel bad if you're five months into owning your gym or you're thinking about, you're like, well, this guy sounds like, you know, he's pretty far ahead for this long. It's look at all the work, right? Every overnight success has years and years of hard work that, that you don't see. So uh, a couple of things with that. One, I think you realize, you know, retention being such a focus because, you know, myself and, and some of the other people I work with, we look at gyms all the time. We always have gym owners, right? Everybody sees the ad, get more members, get a thousand new members in two hours, whatever it is. And, and then you get drilled in the head like, oh, all I need is more clients. And usually the first thing we see is like, you probably, most gyms have a, a decent inflow of clients if they're, if they're any good. Right. If if everybody in town doesn't like you, then it's, it's a different problem. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. But if you're in, usually we look at these and we say, you just got to make sure they're not going out the back door at a faster rate. You know, and, and, you know, we refer to it a lot of times as the golden ratio. If you get more referrals and word of mouth in the course of a month, then you lose people. Your business basically grows organically and, and you're loving life. It's when your retention isn't good that usually you need to start plowing money into advertising. Or if you you open up a 5,000 square foot facility and you want to fill it up as fast as you can because you're fully staffed out, systems, you know, duplicating, there's great instances for that. But when you're a one-man show looking to grow the way you are, like if you don't start looking at retention before it's a problem, it, it really can bite you in the ass. So you have that on on point there. And we're started talking about you bringing somebody else on. So I'm always interested in people's processes when they're looking to make initial hires. So one of the things that comes up a lot, and you said it, we don't want to be learning at the same time as training someone. So you've got a lot of things in process. Are you setting up solid um, kind of set in stone documentations for policies and procedures as you do things like Hey, this is, this is, I come in in the morning and I, I turn off the alarm and I turn these lights on and I like, is it, is it going to be soup to nuts training manuals type of onboarding when you bring on that first person or are you more of a, 
find the right person, give them a framework and, and let them apply and show you what they can do, which direction you think you're going in. I don't think either one is right or wrong. It's just, it's nice to see differing opinions. So I'm, my whole outlook on life is there's not black or white for the most part. There are certain things, obviously, that are black and white, but I feel that we, we operate in a gray area where we need to have human, we need to make human decisions. And uh, to me, manuals work for certain things. Like you said, there's no necessarily right or wrong way to do it. Um, for me, I want somebody who has common sense where I don't need to say, hey, oh, come in, turn on the lights, things like that. Um, but there, there are certain things that we need to do. Like, hey, if there's a new person who comes in, boom, 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 these things need to be done type of thing. If somebody signs up, boom, 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 these are the things that need to be done. If there's an injury, these are the things that need to be done, stuff like that. But when, when I'm thinking about the person I want, um, and in my opinion, it doesn't need to be for at least us. You don't need to have 20 years experience and you don't necessarily need to be new. You need to be somebody that is open-minded and willing to, to kind of go with the flow is what I say. Um, I want somebody who I can coach and teach. Uh, we can learn so much from certifications. I've got a couple of different certifications and really, and, and, I, and I don't mean this in a negative way, I don't really learn much from them. The practicality of being out on the training floor is where I learn the most and interaction with people is where I learn the most. So if you can come in and you, you're, you know the books and you know how to, you know everything about anatomy and nutrition and all that, that's great. But if you can't take what you know and help somebody apply that, then it sounds horrible. You're worthless to what we're trying to do. I need somebody who is, who's open-minded and willing to, to make some mistakes in terms of you're going to go out on a limb and talk to somebody and try something here. Um, you may not know everything forward and backward in terms of the human body and things like that, but those are things we can learn. But if you're somebody who can connect with somebody and somebody that people feel comfortable with, then you're somebody that I'm looking for. Um, and in my mind, it doesn't have to be a male. It doesn't have to be a female. It doesn't have to be somebody who shredded. It doesn't have to be somebody who, um, you know, who's five pounds overweight or anything like that. It just has to be, it sounds weird, but it has to be the right person in terms of comfortability. Um, and it's not going to just be one interview. We like you, we're going to hire you. It's going to be a process where, you know, we do a couple of different interviews, uh, maybe with myself and then my wife and I, um, then you're going to work with our, our members. If our members don't feel comfortable with you, then it's, again, you're not the right fit for us. So it's that comfortable level that people need to have. Um, like I said, background doesn't necessarily mean anything to me. I can teach you to teach somebody how to squat, but I can't teach you how to smile when somebody comes in. Yeah. So what I hear a lot, um, one of the phrases that I like is, is hiring for culture fit and trainability. Absolutely. Rather than background experience. And it's, I think it's easy to just say, well, I don't want somebody else's bad habits. So I like experience or I don't like experience. Like all of that, I think, can be grouped pretty well into is somebody willing to get on board with what you're doing? Are they the type of personality that, you know, especially coming from every one of your clients only knows you. So are you going to give them culture shock or are you going to give them culture fit? You know, people generally, like, I think an hour after they leave, won't even remember the workout they did as far as a technical standpoint. But they'll be like, oh, yeah, I got a high five at the beginning of the workout. There was a fist, whatever it is, like the, the feelings that that keep people coming back are more ingrained in culture and personality of people, I think, than the technical stuff. You, you have to be able to do a good job from a technical standpoint or else you're not going to get a job anyway. Right. But 
culture and attitude are gonna are gonna bring that further. So when you start, I, I mean, I, I know you're in that kind of initial looking at thinking about hiring people. Like, where do you see yourself as you grow, whether it be this first coach or as you go looking for people? Some some owners favor, you know, inspirational, you know, great personality clients. Some people like to get university interns or disgruntled personal trainers from a big box gym. Is there anything that you feel like is going to be the best well for you to go to? I don't really want to kind of pigeonhole us, um, but you kind of said a couple of different things with possible interns. That's a route we're looking at. I've worked with interns in the past who are phenomenal. Then I've worked with some who are just going through the motions. One of the interns I actually worked with a couple of years ago, um, I actually recently reached out to him to see if he would be willing to come in and uh, help out a few times a week, but he actually just moved to um, Columbia, South Carolina, and is opening up a gym there. So it's cool to see that. Um, but it's it's not necessarily like you said. I need somebody who's a good cultural fit for what we want to achieve. So that could really be anybody. Um, you just have to have that right attitude. And I'm I'm willing to teach people different things. Uh, you know, bring your bring your bad habits. That's cool. Let's learn from it. Um, but also where I like to, I like to see people bring different perspectives in um, and, and, and bring in like, Hey, this is what I've done in the past and it's worked. Maybe we can try that. So it's a good way to bounce ideas off of. Um, I've also hired people who used to be former members um, in the past and, and that works too. So I, me and my wife are really open-minded to, to the person. It just has to be that right fit um, background. Again, doesn't really matter as long as you're coming in and you know what you're doing, you're willing to learn. Um, it could be an intern. It could be uh, a former trainer from another gym. Um, you know, those are actually some people that we're looking at, people that I've worked with in the past that are no longer with that company. So those are kind of some some options we're looking at. Um, I do feel comfortable with people I know, but uh, you can only know so many people in the fitness field in the area. For sure. And then as you do start to scale, hire coaches and bring people onto the team, do you have a set plan of I'm exchanging training to get more time to spend it, you know, at the beach, drinking some fruity drinks, more family time, more, you know, marketing, hand-to-hand -hand combat out there, you know, what is, what's it look like for you as you can step away a little from coaching? What are you going to replace that time with in your ideal scenario? So it, again, going off previous experiences where I was, I was there maybe 60 to 80, sometimes 90 hours a week, um, not getting that family time. A lot of it was my own doing, but just kind of what I thought it should be. It was, it was taken away from family time. And then when my son was born, not being able to spend a lot of time with him until I got let go was, was really eye-opening. So to me, that family time is the most important thing. Um, that's, that's where I want to take some of that, that time that I would create and put it there so I can be home at, you know, five in the afternoon and, and um, have that, that family dinner without rushing home. And, you know, I want to be able to make it to a soccer practices on Saturday mornings and things like that. And then be able to spend time with my wife too, not completely exhausted by the end of the day. And then that other time create um, building what we're, we're doing. So getting out there, getting word out there a little bit more and being in there with our members too, working out alongside them, things like that. That's something that I value that obviously not being able to do right now as the only coach, but getting out there a little bit more and creating more of that, that connection. And something I used to love doing was going to somebody's work and bringing them lunch 
So I want to be able to create that time to use there. Um, the fruity drinks on the, on the beach, I do that uh, on vacation, which was nice. We did this that past weekend, but, um, but being able to do that and, and creating that time where if we do want to go on vacation, we're not stressed about it or anything like that. Um, I don't want to step away too much. Uh, I've done that in the past and I was, I was unhappy with it. I don't like being at a desk or, or sitting behind a computer with most of my time. I feel I'm very well. Um, I do better with, with people in, in, in person. So that's where I want to spend the majority of my time doing things like that. All right. So last couple of minutes that we have here, let's talk about what the future looks like for, for you, for the gym. Do you have a, an ideal timeline before you say, Hey, this facility is nothing's ever hundred percent. We're 90%. I'm a solid every day, nine out of 10. Do you feel like you're projecting, is that going to take a year? Is it going to take two years? And then are there any hurdles or obstacles that you see in your way to getting there right now that, you know, you need to acquire a skill or you need to figure something out in order for that timeline to be clear. And so what our biggest thing early on was well, my biggest thing was making sure that we can cover our rent that first month. So once we did that, um, everything just kind of felt more comfortable and I didn't feel a lot of that pressure. So that was our biggest hurdle. And we didn't realize where we were going to grow it was, I mean, you never know how fast or, or slowly you're going to grow. So that's kind of scary, but we kind of have an idea of where things are going. And like you said, you'll never be a hundred percent where you want to be all the time. So we talked earlier, I think 120 is going to be our sweet spot, but we're never going to be exactly at 120 continuously. Um, so like if once we get to around that hundred member mark and we've got a, an additional coach in place that we feel comfortable with who's invested and we can make it worth their while, then our goal is to potentially start looking for another location. Um, this is a very big area. There's a lot of people. It's growing uh, insanely right now. It's one of the top 10 fastest growing areas in the country. So there's a lot of people that need that, that help, that environment, that community, that, that support. So we're, we're looking at potentially down the line, if any of our members are listening right now, don't worry, we're not going anywhere right now and we'll never go anywhere. But um, we're looking at once we hit that hundred member mark ish, and we got that coach in there who we feel comfortable with and our members feel comfortable with that we could potentially look for that second location and kind of, and kind of balance those two out. Um, and again, it's just finding that, that right person and making sure we're getting people in the door without losing people at the same time as, you know, going back to that retention, figuring that out and making sure that that's where most of our time and effort goes to is keeping those people that we have, keeping them happy, keeping them challenged, keeping them supported and celebrating them. Um, and then at the same time, bringing people in and making sure that we're, we're growing in that way. All right. So maybe not, you know, a hundred location, uh, <laughs> East coast takeover, but at some point, and, and like you said, if some of your listeners, you know, or some of your members are listening, that may just mean that some of them may have a shorter drive to get to you than they do. Now. I'm sure, I'm sure <laughs> exactly. you'll take all of those things into, into account, but so it's, get to this, get this facility to where, you know, most days it's a nine out of 10 where you have a little bit of attention. You'd go there and go to number two and worry about that when it comes time, but you're not, you're not already planning this crazy expansion. It's eyes on the prize right now. We know that if we get there because you've opened multi-locations before, you know what logistics are, what you can benefit from, but it's one step at a time right now. Yep. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of where our focus is focusing right now. Um, you know, looking, looking a little ahead, you know, we need to do to grow this one, but kind of have it in the back of our mind that this is, this is where we eventually want it to go. Uh, like you said, not a hundred locations, but we do have some of our members that drive half hour out of their way and pass multiple gyms um, to get to ours. Uh, you know, we are looking, they'll, they'll know who they are if you're listening out in their, out in their direction is kind of where we're looking. Um, but yeah, we have that idea, but we're not looking too far ahead where we're, we're skipping right now. Absolutely. All right. Last question, a little bit more philosophical than tactical. You've been in the business a while um, before you ever, you know, open this up. So you've seen a lot of things come and go. We never ask anybody to change a thing because, you know, you are where you are and seem very happy with it. But is there anything that you wish you could go back, tell your younger self, tap, tap yourself on the shoulder and, just, you know, give yourself one piece of advice. Is there anything that stands out to you that you, you wish you could have known sooner? And this is, and I, I live my life by this. Everything I talk about with my members, my friends, my wife, things like that. I always say to trust the process. And when I was younger, I was always, um, I don't, I don't know how to really explain. I was never, I was never focused. I was kind of like, Oh man, why can't I be here? Why can't I be there? Um, so if I can go back in time and just tell my younger self to just trust the process and just go with the flow and be patient, uh, things are going to work out the way you want them to. Um, but like I said, man, I was always like, why can't this be where I want it to be? Why can't I be here? So I, and this is what I tell our members is just trust the process. Things are going to work out the way they're supposed to. If you put the time and effort into them. Awesome, man. Great words of wisdom. Last thing before we let you go, if people want to check you out, website, social media, where can they find you, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. So we're all, all in, uh, all in training mb.com is our website, all in training MB for, um, for our Instagram and then all in training for our Facebook. We keep it pretty simple. Um, we're always putting up new content for our members to see and, and the public to see, just trying to educate people and make them feel, feel comfortable in getting to working out and moving a little bit more. Fantastic, man. Well, I really appreciate your time coming on with us today. Thank you for sharing. I wish you continued success and we'll check in on you from time to time, see how things are going. All right, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, Mike. And everyone out there listening, we appreciate you being here. We wouldn't be here without you. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you want to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard. Keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.